Hello, friends. Welcome back to episode, what's this, 34? 33. 33. Feels like, feels no. like much longer. I believe it is 34. 34. Wait, what was that, honey? Yes, you were right. Oh, God, it feels so good. What a, what a way to start off this podcast. So this is the Snow Farms Teaches, Snow Farms, Oklahoma. Snow Farms, Oklahoma. I don't even know what, oh my I don't even know. I'm tired. It's been a long day. We're we're uh for the farm we're right at the point where we go to living in an easy bake oven this is back before the led bulbs when it got hot in there you could actually cook things in the easy bake oven you can't do that with an led so this is episode 34 we're going to talk about tonight it's another episode of me interviewing andrea and just getting her thoughts on what she's doing what she's learning and uh, where the farm is going. Wait, Russ, what is the day's date? Today is May 7th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. And I'm letting the dogs in right now because I don't know who let the dogs out. Pay no attention to those noises in the studio, which is also our media room, which is also Andrea's classroom. So Andrea, you've been uh, doing the little homeschool academy classroom for this is we're almost through the end of the school year yes so i wanted to talk to you about uh you've got big plans for the fall and we're going to there i just want to talk to you about that and what you've learned this year so i'm going to ask you a bunch of questions we're just going to go through it and uh talk and maybe help some folks before i strangle the big dog because she's She's high, she's high maintenance. She's like me. Just wants attention. Someone to love her. And our sticks of butter. Yes. She has chicken eggs. She is the world's most expensive dog for a farm dog that doesn't get anything special. She's about, uh, oh, what, a dozen pounds of butter pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Probably 20 dozen eggs that she's snatched. But enough about her and more about you. So, what have you learned this year teaching? Going from teaching in a public school to teaching at home. Um, I don't miss the public school teaching at all. And I thought I would miss it, but I don't. Um, the kids that I homeschool are our neighbor kids, and they're fantastic. They're motivated, well-behaved, they polite. ask questions. We have really... Good conversation. Good discussions. They've read a lot of books, so it's good to challenge them to be better readers and writers. So we've been talking a lot about replacing income from a teaching government school. You've you've done a whole bunch of things this year. You've taught online. You've done online tutoring. You're cleaning some houses, you're homeschooling some kids, we're selling rabbits, we've got cattle, goats, all these different things. So we've been talking a lot, and I think the Living Free in Tennessee workshop really clarified for you where you want to go next year. So tell me, tell the, the listeners, all three of them, about it, and uh, what six. we're... Six. Six That's true. Six. And we appreciate all of you. Um, and, and just before I forget, if you ever have questions about how to do any of this stuff, by all means, we got a call tonight about, uh, from a 
a guy we met here that built a barn for us. Um, we've helped him figure out a little bit of how to do meat birds. And now he is looking at meat rabbits. So Texas sends an email. We will give you lots of individual attention. So the nice thing about a small podcast is we don't have 20,000 people listening to us. We've got six. So if there's anything that, you know, if you have any questions about thoughts, how to do something, man, now's the time to catch us on the, on the way up before a meteor meteoric rise to fame takes over. But, uh, so what do you tell everyone what you're thinking about doing this fall and the why? So this fall, I'm putting it out in the universe that I would like to start a, an outdoor school. What's an outdoor school? An outdoor school is a school where the majority of the classroom time is spent outside the kids. Is that outside just running around willy nilly or is there structure? Uh, there's a little bit of structure. You have like an allotment of time that you are focused on play, looking at things in nature, making up games. The lady that I had the consultation meeting with said that her mornings at her school are spent on the farm exploring and looking for frogs because that is a form of learning that is very discounted or not really thought about in the public school setting because kids learn how to be better people when they have free time. Because now uh, we only have like 15 minutes for recess and everything is like, here's the swings, here's the monkey bars, you can do this, you can do that. So it takes kids nowadays a good 45 minutes to actually figure out what to do. So from the time we started dating, I wasn't a fan of government schools. Is that fair? Yeah. I've, I've always been very vocal. And for me as a, a kid that was fairly bright, school was the most boring thing in the world for the majority of the time. And I look at, not you, and it's not every teacher, but I would say it's at least half who are just trying to do the very, the bare minimum to get a paycheck, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have this onslaught now of kids with behavioral problems. And then on top of that, you have kids through no fault of their own that have ADD, ADHD, dyslexia, um, English isn't their first language or they don't speak English at all. Mm -hmm. There's no English being spoken in the home. And those kids are taking a ton of time up from, and, and this is the first argument I, I remember us having in our marriage was I talked about little Johnny, whose parents played by the rules and little Johnny's a C student and he gets ignored because he can sit in his desk and he doesn't cause any disruption and he just gets forgotten about where all those other children, the kids with the, they're acting out, the kids that are, you know, in their furry outfit, whatever. Those are the kids are getting 
what little focus that teacher has, what little attention that teacher has to give, that's who's getting it. So, and then the other part of this too is we have really started to demonize just typical boy behavior, mm -hmm. running around, wanting to poke things with sticks, wanting to wrestle, right? All those things. And we've, we've taken away the ability of young boys to embrace boyhood and how important it is on the path to becoming a man. And I, I will never forget, it, it's very simplistic, but I think it's really true, is if you wanna have a strong family, you have to have a strong father. If you wanna have a strong community, you have to have strong families. If you want a strong state or a strong nation, you have to have strong families. And the only way to, to become a strong father is by being a strong boy. And understanding that we have rights and responsibilities, but the other side of that is obligations and duty. So how did, my big thing about this is what a great way to help young men learn to grow up to be great dads. This poor dog, she's just, golly. So tell us my big thing about this, looking at for Samuel, so I hear you talking about running around, poking things with sticks, looking at frogs for 45 minutes. I really want Samuel to be involved in a great books curriculum on all the great books of Western civilization. How are you going to build different curriculums into this outdoor school? How are you going to do that? Well, I believe that two of my students bring their own curriculum. And so any student can bring any curriculum, right? Yes. You can, in a small enough classroom, because you can I just don't teach want that. Any more than eight or ten kids. So I already have two kids that bring their own curriculum, and we are going to. I asked their mom if I could read books with them, so that we can have discussion and experiences that have to do with the book. So like, for instance, one of the books that I said that we could read is um, Little House on the Prairie. You love the Little House on the Prairie books. And they're like, oh, we've, we've seen all the episodes. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's different. <laughs> pa. <laughs> and my friend teaches at a classical based charter school in Fruitland, Idaho, Jennifer Marshall. And I can get a list of great classical books for kids of assorted ages, right? The appropriate age group. Yeah. That we can read together because I think that if you have a good, strong, reading and writing program uh, then you can pretty much do anything along with a good math program as well but when you're little you can like go count ants and then there's always something there's always a way to tie whatever the kids are learning into the outside world and especially for the little kids they only really have to be doing school for two to three hours 
So that was one of the things early on we, we talked about. I go effectively when you had because you had huge classes in Idaho, mm -hmm. thirty plus kids, and you start doing that math of you've got eight hours, but forty five minutes of that's lunch, and you've got a couple of recesses. All of a sudden, now you're down to six hours of actual instruction time total, and then you take out a few more things here and there. You're at four relatively quickly. And when you divide four hours by 35 kids, how much individual time do, do any of those kids actually receive? You take that down to 10 students or less and students without, because we're not looking to kids that have, we're looking for kids who want to be here to learn and have that focus. So, You know what curriculum that you're whatever they want to bring where you can st sit down with the parents and figure that out what are you going to do when it rains what's the plan there well you are building <laughs> a classroom above our storm shelter so i think the plan right now is we're going to have an enclosed classroom because we've got a, a 10 by 20 cellar that's uh really lovely concrete and we're going to put it has a structure on top of it right now i'm going to remodel probably just redo from the, the ground up on it and then we're going to make that windows all the way around and then uh we'll have a way to air condition it heat it and then uh there'll be a lean-to out in the field that basically is going to be open at least on one side maybe in all three and that'll be for a majority of the time because the weather here is fairly good for a lot of the school year. And the kids will just have to come prepared. Dressed to the day. In layers. Well, and that's the other thing too about, I, I still remember uh, my head coach at College of Idaho, Regan Rossi, we had this conversation once and she, she said something really profound to me. She goes, I feel sorry for people who don't live their life by the seasons. She was talking about basketball because there, there's just a progression at, at the collegiate level of how everything goes. But it's no different for farming. It's no different than for time immemorial, everyone lived their life based on the season they were in, especially the further you got away from the tropics, right? So for the kids learning that I've got, to, it, it might rain today, I need to take raincoat. I know in the military, it only takes one time of being cold and miserable before you really start worrying about that snowball gear and, and what to wear. So what's, what's your goal? By having this outdoor school, what is this? What are you trying? How are you trying to change the world with this? Well, in the, I guess, year that I've been basically running the farm, a lot of kids don't have these skills of being outside. Because even with the Reds, I wasn't really outside with them because I was working. And Sam. wants to be outside, wants to be doing things, wants to be finding anthills, wants to kick kicking anthills. Yeah. He's very wants to He's a lot of a lot of hate against ants. Fire find ants. frogs. Look at the dragonflies. See how many roly poly bugs he can fit in his wee little hand. And granted he's only two. He'll be three in August. August, but I just want kids to be kids and to not have to 
be trapped in a school, but to learn how to have community with kids of different ages, different learning styles, styles yeah. levels. Because when you get into the real world, you have to learn yeah. how to do that. There's nowhere else outside of education in the, in the States, at least where everything's based on an age cohort. There's nowhere else. There's no job that way where everyone's basically the same within a year, you know, somebody has been held back maybe, you know, 24 months, but that's nowhere else. You never go through that. Um, so my next thing for you is I'm really excited about the outdoor school. There's going to be a lot of work right now. It's just, I, I really think the living free in Tennessee workshop. Thanks again, Nicole sauce and, and Tim cook. Um, it helped us focus on, okay, here's what we need to get done for the farm. And I feel like we've both been running, you know, really hard towards these goals. So I want to talk with you again about, cause we're nine months now into you basically running the farm. So on the rabbit side, cause we had a call tonight, what have you learned from the rabbits that you didn't know that you wish you'd known when you started? Well, when I first did rabbits, I didn't have any time to, not that they take a lot of time, but I was time strapped because I was teaching, momming, wifing, coaching, all the things. And I did not have time to give to the rabbits. So this second go round has been much easier for a couple of reasons. Number one, I have time. Number two, I have this handy dandy little tool called the, uh, I follow a dude on Twitter that I'll put in the show notes. Bobby from the Rabbitry Center, I think is what his channel is on YouTube, but he created this little spreadsheet that it's a Google spreadsheet that basically is a breeding calendar and it has a column for your mama rabbit. When you put in the nesting box, the estimated uh, date of birth for the kits, when you turn the box out so that the kids can go in and out, when you totally take out the box, when you rebreed the does, and then when you wean the kits. And that that little tool by itself, which it was only five dollars. I'm sure I could have figured out how to do all the things, but what a great use of your time for five dollars. My goodness. <laughs> Spreadsheet yeah. experts. Yeah. That and that's that's money well spent. It's been a great tool because aside from Clover, all the rest have had litters when they were supposed to they've been weaned when they're supposed to all the rabbits are healthy everybody's doing great the boys the dads are doing awesome i mean everybody appears to be doing fine so for me as as a gardener nerd in this relationship 
even in Milford, the reason there that I was really excited about the rabbits and kept them going, uh, even when you didn't have time, was for their manure. Rabbit poop is just magical. You can, and my big thing is, what I learned in Milford was a five-gallon bucket of rabbit poop. If you'll dress that around your tomato plants, your pepper plants, you don't really need to do anything else. It will, the plants will just thrive. It helps with heat. It helps with water, moisture retention. It is the closest thing to magic I've ever seen in the garden. So I'm all about that. And then one of the things we did this year that's new is we, because we, that rabbit poop is gold. It is worth, you know, there are folks paying 35 bucks for five gallon buckets of rabbit manure all over. And it's money well spent. So if, if you can buy it for that, that is money well spent. But we went and bought, oh, what was it? 500 red wigglers, something like that online. Um, and we have Andrea, while I was at work, excuse me, split that between, we've got a huge 55 gallon barrel full of it. And then all the tubs are underneath the rabbits themselves. And so that 55 gallon barrel was 80% full. Mm -hmm. And in the course of two weeks, three weeks, though the, the worms broke that down to almost half. It is just wild how much they broke that down. So now we're getting not just composted rabbit manure, but we're getting that rabbit manure combined with worms and worm casting. So I'm super excited about that. So that's another reason on the rabbits on the plus side. It's going to be interesting to see how butchering the rabbits in mass and how that goes. But for what we're trying to do this time versus, because I can eat rabbit, it's fine. I grew up as a kid. It's, there is nothing wrong with rabbit. And I'll be honest, especially after the Franken chickens, rabbits are way easier to clean. It's faster. There's no, you don't need a plucker. You don't need a scalder. Uh, it is something you do with a lot less infrastructure. So it tastes, I, I can't tell the difference. I mean, rabbit, chicken, it's, it's close enough, but So what problems? We, we talked about all the benefits of rabbits. We talked about processing and how that's going to be a little bit simpler. We'll see on a mass processing date how that goes for us. And we're just going to feed them uh, basically the culls to our dogs. And then anything that we can't feed in real time, we'll throw in the freezer and then feed the dogs. What what issues have you had? I know you had one buck that didn't know what he was doing for a while. Uh, magic Mike wasn't so magic. So he would just want to be their best friend and not get his job done. So I had to get another buck, but thankfully I put the two buck cages next to each other. And apparently Magic Mike learned how to be magical. Uh, having his cage next to Thor. Another issue that I've run into is one of my does is crazy and she squawks all the time. Although maybe that's like been bred out of her or something because she's finally became a mom 
and she's had the biggest bunch of kits and she's managed to keep them all alive. One got out, one went missing because I hadn't uh, put up the squares that I used to put in their plastic watering dishes in the winter because in the winter the water freezes and you got to knock it out. It's easier to knock it out of a rubber bank container than it is the drinking, the normal watering system that I have for the rabbits. Another mom that I have, she made this fantastical uh, World-class nest. World-class. <laughs> but then she only had three kits, but these three kits are huge. And I think one, I'll have to check again. I didn't have my readers on <laughs> to check to make sure. I think, I'm hoping that the one that's, she was a combination of the mom is dark black and the dad is white. And Magic Mike is the dad. So I need to breed, I, I already bred him to the crazy doe to see if he's the issue or if she just had a low kit count. Because you don't really want to have a whole bunch of rabbits that only have three rabbits. Your goal is to get like seven or eight. So <clears throat> right now in the background, what you're hearing are 220 pound dogs. Um, wrestling, and uh, the male dog has been fixed, but his his wrestling now is just uh, dry humping the air. So that that heavy breathing. Hopefully, you can hear that to get the full effect. Oh, nothing ever goes. We need we need a, a better studio. Um, so one of the, we've got plans to upgrade the rabbits to in Milford. I had a 55 gallon drum that I plumbed and we had uh, vinyl waterers with uh, metal nipples run to each of the rabbits. So we're going to, you, you have a plan to make basically rabbit skyscrapers. We're going to capture all the manure uh, in between. We're going to have them stack three, four tall. They're still going to get tons of airflow. They'll still be in the shade all day, but it's just a better use of space for us. And then we can take, capture that manure, uh, put it all in one spot, whatever. But then we can, we're going to bring something else into that space. Remind me what, what else we're bringing in there. Is it quail? Is that what you're trying to do? Yes. Okay. So we're trying to have a little apiary in, the, in that same space as well. It'll be the same thing. So we're going to do that. We've got, Andrea already has plans for a, bed frames that uh, either she or I are going to weld together. So we'll, we'll get that done. Um, the garden's going really well right now. So we have a pot Colorado potato beetle, Colorado beetle, potato beetle, whatever it is. It is yellow. It's about four times bigger than a ladybug. It's yellow. And it is just destroying our potato and some of our Trombuccino squash. So I went out and I treated for that. 
But other than that, everything else is growing like gangbusters. We're going to have tomatoes here in another, I, I would guess, two or three weeks. If we learned a lot of lessons this year here in Oklahoma, because we, we went from eight alpha on the growing zone to seven Bravo. It doesn't sound like a big difference, but it, it really was. <clears throat> so now we have a plan for getting our starts going. Andrea has this little, what is it? QO? Yeah. QUO? system it was what sixty dollars mm -hmm. from amazon we have two of them now it is absolute money for starts now you can't, you can't do a ton because it'll do what 12 at a 12. time yeah so 12 at a time but we've got 24 at a time that we can go now and it how long does it take to get that size that there are because they're three weeks so the the thing right now is that we'll do next year because 24 tomato plants, 24 pepper plants, starting in the 1st of January, is really easy to do. The Dutch buckets, it, my goodness, to start them in aquaponics and put them in the Dutch buckets outside in the greenhouse. Had we done that the 1st of March, if we'd had all this stuff going, we would already be eating tomatoes. So, and I know there's, there's different thoughts on tomatoes. I like the taste of pico de gas, my favorite thing. So... Uh, and then jalapenos are the other thing that we don't have any aquaponic jalapenos this year. So I'll be either this fall or next spring. Another thing Our Jerusalem artichokes came back fairly well. We're going to have to dig those up, harvest some of those again, spreading around I, I, where they're at. I really like for them to take over a big chunk. We planted a bunch, oh, half a dozen more trees. One of those I think is already dead planted late we today um, we are gonna call some of our cattle so we're gonna go back a little bit on the cows we're just worried about two things we we have a, a big parcel of land for next year we're trying to get there we're, we made it through this winter on our hay by the skin of our teeth it was down to we had exactly enough hay to make it with that, with knowing going hungry. And there are periods of time where we, we were just the last month, it was bare minimums to everybody. And we were supplementing with cattle cubes here and there. So we're going to get rid of some of our older cows. We're going to look to move towards just that South pole size frame. Cause I, Kyle and I both, you know, agree. That's where we want to be. Um, we're trying to decide which of our two young bulls that we're going to keep to be the herd bull because the South pole or not South pole, this red Angus that we have right now, he's a great bull. He's already through one generation. Um, after these cows drop, he'll be in the second generation. Then he'll either resell him or he'll become hamburger. He is a much bigger frame uh, bull than the South pole. So the next we'll go back to the South pole here and just try and keep that, that two third size Angus slick coat, Great disposition, great docility, great mothering, everything else we look for. Like, uh, not bothered by flies. What else? We, we moved. I've got to finish siding the shop. So we moved some stuff over close to the shop. Got our round driveway back in the fight. I crushed a toad doing that, which broke my heart. Andrea does not understand why I like frogs so much. That they're awesome. What else did we get done today? Gathered up. I started to clean up. I'm, I'm trying really hard. Um, 
We're cleaning up the space where Andrew's classroom is going to be. There's still a bunch of stuff from the previous owners left in that. Get cleaning up in the yard, waiting for parts on the lawnmower. We ordered a, a new weed eater based on a recommendation from Toolman Tim from his site. So that'll get here. But uh, we're just getting ready for summer because productivity just slows way down. Today was lovely. We got a, about four tenths of an inch of rain last night. So it broke the temperature. It's already been in the 90s and humid. It's just, it, it's it's miserable for me at least when it's over 90 and it's 70, 80% humidity. It's gross and I'm getting old. So Andrea. is just not farm fit. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And that's, that's, the, that's a really humbling thing for me going into middle age is where I used to just be able to show up and be fine. Man, I, I started working out again at work. I am trying to walk five miles a day on the days I don't lift now. Um, I throw in a little bit of running there, but I'm, I'm thoroughly convinced that I, I don't know long-term at this age if jogging does more good than harm or vice versa. But I know walking is one of those things that you can do to your last day on this earth. So I'm doing that um, as I'm sitting here eating my McFlurry that uh, Little Red brought me. My I have really tightened down the diet quite a bit. So listen, you're a Judger McJudger face. I had buns on my hamburger. I like buns, hon. Now you can do side bins or sit-ups. But is there anything else that I didn't ask you on the rabbits, on the outdoor school, Anything that you want to talk about? Anything that we're we're doing right now that's awesome? Uh, no, other than I had I'm on my third round of seventy five hard. My third try of completing a seventy five hard at LTFN. I think I said that all backwards, but no, living LFTN. Um, at the spring workshop. Nicole had amazing food. We spent the majority of the day busy learning, talking, walking, seeing the sights. But I just wanted to be able to do and experience all that I could. So I let it go by the wayside. And Russ ordered me a weight vest. Weight vest that I could use instead of trying to rock around with his giant backpack and 25 pound weights. It's a really nice backpack lady. You shut your hole. <laughs> so that's made things a little bit more streamlined and I'm already on day six. So tomorrow you'll be 10% done again. So that's where we're going. Um, as we go into summer. So one of the things here in the South versus in the North, all of our indoor projects will get done in July and August. So I talked with Andrew today about this pencil out some time later this summer. And uh, I'll get, we've got some detail paint in the house. Got a couple of projects in the house that I can get done when it's just miserably hot outside. Um, one of the things I, I don't think I've talked about before, I put in a, a do it yourself, Mr. Cool mini split in the house. It's 220, got it at Home Depot. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. So I put everything together. I had an electrician come in and wire it in. It was, even with the electrician bill, 
it was still well under 3000 The cheapest bid I got from um, an HVAC company with a smaller, less efficient machine was still almost double what this was. So if that's something that, uh, and I just watched a whole bunch of videos of folks online who, who had done it, don't be intimidated by that. But uh, oh, this is my least favorite time. Usually June 15th through September 15th, I, you're just trying to survive here. It is the same as winter in Idaho from basically Christmas through the middle of March. It's that same. You're just trying to wait it out. You know that relief's coming at some point and you can get outside the house. But the cabin fever comes this time of year. Uh, it hasn't been a bad chigger year, which is very strange. I haven't had any chiggers this year. Uh, no ticks. You haven't, you've never had ticks here. Yeah. So, but our friends, the Martins are back. We've got this family of birds. We had them in Texas and, and uh, they followed us here and they, they hatch out two clutch of babies a year. They're prolific and they do a great job of eating mosquitoes. We have messed with the bees. I don't think we've talked about that. So we opened up the bees. We had one hive that didn't survive the winter. All the rest seem to be doing okay. There's there's two that aren't super, super productive. I'm hoping that they'll they'll do well. They'll make it through the summer. Because we're in the right now, our place, the eleven acres across the street, and we've got five acres next door. It's just all wildflowers. And it is just awesome. Andrew made the most beautiful wildflower bouquet I've ever seen in my life today. Put it on the kitchen table, took a picture of it because it was just the coolest thing ever I've ever seen. So the bees are working hard. Uh, we have one hive that had a, I left a, had a third super on it. And that thing's ready to harvest right now. So I put another super on there. I think we should end up with two supers off that. And I'm hoping one for the rest. And then we'll start feeding during the dearth. And the dearth here is July and August. Uh, and this, the thing that we did this winter is I let all the bees, whatever they had going into the winter, let them keep all that honey. That's probably what we'll do. Because I'm not trying to, I don't want to be, well, extractive is probably the wrong term when you're extracting honey. But I don't want to just overwork the bees and take too much from them. So um, we will make some mead. And then we're going to sell a bunch of the honey and then we'll put the rest away for us, for our use. Andrew made the most amazing goose egg custard today as well. So I'm just trying, it is at the end of, because spring in the South is lovely. It really is. Everything greens up. It is surreal how green things are here. And then in another two months, everything's just dead. If it's not dead, it wants to die because of the heat and the dryness here. So that's, that's where we're at. That's what we're trying to get done. Anything I didn't mention. Okay. I don't think so. I think you covered it. Andrea said I talked <laughs> way too much. So we'll get through all these projects. It keeps us busy and uh, out, off the streets and out of the bars. But uh, why do you roll your eyes like that? It looks like it's going to hurt you rolling so far back in your head. As always, I, I, I enjoy this time with my wife very much, getting to ask her questions. And then I get super chatty. And she's like, just shut up. Just end it. 
want to go to sleep, Russell. But as always, thanks again for listening. If you have questions, let us know. And Andrew's going to hit the tagline. Please don't forget. Oh, I just ruined it. You're a ruiner. Remember, every day is an opportunity to learn something new.